Amen. Well, the orchestra had a full house last night for their concert. Orchestra, we give you appreciation. Our music department, well, let's give them a little bit of appreciation this morning. We give God the glory. God the glory. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, help me to step out of the way so that your light, galaxies of your light, might shine. May the meditations of my heart and words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, my blessed Savior and Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we're finishing up a sermon series in which we've been talking about the power of prayer. Specifically, the power found in the 33rd chapter in the book of Exodus, the Moses Prayer. Now, at the first of this series, the first Sunday, I asked you a question. I asked you, is there power in prayer? And you all gave me a resounding yes, yes right? Well, the next question is more of a rhetorical question as we conclude this series. One for you to ponder on this week. How have you experienced the power of prayer in your life? How have you experienced the power of prayer in your life? As I reflect upon my own prayer life, I have to admit it's changed over time. My own spiritual journey has had its mountaintops, its wows, and its valleys. There have been times in which I've experienced God's presence so much that I could almost feel like I could reach out and touch God. And then there's been times in my spiritual journey in which I wondered would I ever experience this, the presence of God again. Anyone been there with me? Am I just talking from my own experience? Have, has anyone experienced that as well? Here are a couple of amens out there. You know what I'm talking about then. Life is full of glorious moments and full of mundane moments. We tend to think of God's glory being found in those mountaintop big moments, right? Those times in which we knew God's presence was with us, those wows in our life in which we've looked back and we've thought, this is how I understand God. This is how I've experienced God's presence. This is how I've experienced the glory of God. Maybe it's a worship experience in which you felt God's presence more than any other. Maybe it was a retreat in which you spent time in silence and meditation, talking with God in that conversation. In my own reflection, I think about those times in which I've known God's presence in the way I understood it as my marriage ceremony and my ordination ceremony, those services in which I felt God's presence placed upon my life. But along the journey of faith, I've grown to understand God's glory in a different way. And I've grown to understand the power of prayer in an everyday way. I wonder if the power of God is experienced deeper in the mundane moments than in the wow moments. I wonder if God's glory is experienced in the times we've wondered how in the world did we get here? And we've turned our hearts to God and we've asked to be in God's presence in that moment. Our scripture reading today 
Moses is talking to God in what they call the tent of meetings. He's having a, a coffee time with God, you could say, a chat. Sure, Moses is wondering how he got there. He'd been leading the people, and they'd been wandering around in the wilderness, and he just wondered what to do. So Moses is having that little chat so that he can experience the presence of God and that he can get I love the picture of prayer we get from this chapter. Verse 11, it says, Moses and God would speak together as one speaks to a friend. That face-to-face -face conversation as one would speak to a friend. And if we look back upon our story, Pastor Marvin talked a little bit about it, but if we look back upon the story, we know that Moses had gone up to Mount Sinai. He'd been in conversation with God about God's commandments, and he's up there about 40 days. And in that time period, the people are turning away from God. Just 40 days earlier, they had made this covenant with God that God would be theirs, their one and only, and that the people would be his, their only people. And they break that covenant, and they turn away from God. And they fashioned for themselves a golden calf, and they bowed down before it, and they worship it. And God looks down upon the people, and he says to Moses, these people are a stubborn, stiff-necked people. Moses says, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. And imagine he can think, I can't leave them alone for one minute. You ever said that about your children? Right? Can't leave them alone for one minute. And then when Moses returns from the mountain time, mountaintop, he turns to the people, they repent, they seek God's forgiveness once again, and that's where he enters the tent of meetings one more time, and he asks for three things. He says, show me your ways, show me your presence, and show me your glory. Show me your glory. Now, if I'd been Moses, I probably would have said, show me your ways, God. Help me to seek your plan. Help me to be a part of that. Show me your presence. I need to feel that presence. But I probably would have forgot the wow. And if I had, I would have forgotten the exclamation point that God puts on, the, on life. Moses goes all in. He asks for that exclamation point. He asks for that wow. He says, show me your glory. And in response, God says, I'll make all my goodness pass in front of you. That's really what came out at me was I studied the scripture this past week. I'll make all of my goodness pass in front of you. You will see my back, but you won't see my face. An interesting response from God, isn't it? You'll see my back. The choir sees my back every week. You'll see my back. Every time I get to this part of the story, you know, he says, you can't handle all that. No one can see my face and live. I think of that, that movie, A Few Good Men, you know, with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. And Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. Right? I think of that, that we can't handle all of God's goodness, right? All of God's glory. Because we're already not yet people. 
We're already his. We're already, as a part of citizens of heaven, we're already a part of the kingdom of God. But yet we're not yet people, too. We haven't experienced the fullness of the kingdom of God. We haven't experienced the wow yet. We think we might at times. But we have not experienced the fullness of God's presence yet. He says, I will make my goodness pass in front of you. And then God directs Moses to that cliff in the rock, that safe place in which the presence of God passes by and he can observe a glimpse of God's glory. And if we read further in the story in the next chapter, we find that the result of that experience and further conversations with God, that Moses' face is radiant. Radiant, so much so that he wears a veil in the presence of the people. The, the glory of God for the Hebrew people was seen in a big way. The glory of God was seen in a big way. And some of us ask, why doesn't God reveal himself that way today? Why doesn't God show up in those big, big ways, the pillar of smoke, the, the provision of manna and quail in the sanctuary? Right. Why doesn't God show up like that? And I would say, do we have to have God show up that way? Do we have to have God show up in a big way for us to know that God's miracles still happen? That God's love still is provided? That God's presence is still with us? You know, I think we miss the power of prayer that happens every day in those everyday moments. Too many of us spend our lives waiting on something big to happen, completely oblivious to the fact that the biggest thing that could ever happen to us already did. It's more than enough, right, church? Jesus Christ. We've claimed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. God's given himself to us in his loved son. And we are his. And he is ours. Isn't that the biggest thing and the biggest miracle that could ever happen? And that it changed our lives? I think we miss God in the everyday we lean too much in those big moments that we try to think, I need God to show up. We pray, God, be with me. Help my family. Show me the way. We pray, help me in my job. And we wait for God to show up in this big pillar of smoke or cloud. And the goodness of God passes right by, and we might miss it. We might overlook it. Author Jared Wilson puts it this way, craving more and more extravagant evidences of God's glory is an easy way to demonstrate our lack of satisfaction with the good news of Jesus Christ. No work of the Spirit, in fact, can be as grand or glorious as the work of converting our hearts to Jesus Christ. So if our spiritual appetites are constantly set on more and more, we find ourselves ironically experiencing less and less. Even if something extraordinary happens to us, 
It's the glory of God that changes us, really, into those glorious moments, those everyday moments. If we don't see the glory of God in the little ways, we will find it hard-pressed to see God's glory in the big ways. Amen? We can't see the forest for the trees sometimes. It's tempting to enshrine our only the glorious moments reminding us of God's favor. But we do so at our own danger. We also need the inglorious. We need those moments in which we struggle. We need those moments in which we're, we're in pain and we, and we ask God to show us his glory, to, to, to be in his presence. We need those moments as well. Miracles still happen though, church, right? Miracles happen each and every day. God is still right in front of us. His goodness is passing right in front of us each and every moment. How have you experienced the goodness of God just this week? Maybe they've been these little miracles along the way. The beauty of God's creation. The sound of rain coming down early in the morning to where you can hit that snooze button just one more time. The laughter of a child. The note of encouragement from a friend. A beautiful piece of music. The hallelujahs lifted by choir. A smile from a stranger. The miracles of God. And the goodness passes in front of us each and every day. And that, my friend, is the glory of God. The wows of our lives. Paul tells the church in Corinth that by the power of the Spirit, we too can experience this glory of God. For those of us who call on the name of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, all we have to do is look within our own hearts and our own faith journey to seek God in this way. That light that Pastor Tim was talking about, when we claim Jesus Christ as our Savior, that light beams from our hearts, that that light changes us. It transforms us. Galaxies of God's love and light comes within us and moves us out. The veil has been removed. Through Christ, God has reconciled the world to himself, bringing freedom and forgiveness, mercy and compassion, and that changes everything. It changes how we see the world. It changes our conversations, our actions, our perspectives. Our everyday life is different. And when our everyday life is different, we'll notice the goodness in the mundane, not just the wow moments of life. The Apostle Paul and Peter, they would have disagreed on a few things like kosher food and maybe some rituals, but they agreed on this. Peter says this in his second letter, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. 
And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. We lean into those promises found in God's holy word, revealed to us in the life and ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We carry that light within us, that glory within us, and it enables us to share that with others. Receiving the glory of Jesus Christ changes us. And the more we experience the glory of God in our everyday moments, the deeper we experience the love and the grace, the beauty, the wonder, the glory, all that God has to offer for us. The power of prayer is seen in these glimpses we get. These glimpses of God's grace and the kingdom of heaven. And remembering that the promises are for us. The promises are for us. So maybe the glory of God is really experienced most fully in that heart-to-heart, face-to-face conversation with God as one speaks to a friend, a little coffee chat with God. The power is experienced when we see more of who God is and less about what he does. We stand in the promises of that goodness. I'll close with this, this beautiful Psalm 3119, and hear this promise, church. How great is the goodness that you have reserved for those who honor you, that you commit to those who take refuge in you, in the sight of everyone. We stand in those promises that he'll never leave nor forsake us, that he is our bread of life, that he is everlasting, the beginning and the end. And we hold that in our hearts. And as the goodness comes before us each and every day, we give God glory and praise. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen.